Hello there, this is A.D. Robles, and you're listening to A.D. on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. All right, all right. Well, good morning, good morning. Well, maybe it's not morning wherever you are. It's morning where I am. So, hey, if you're listening to this in the afternoon, good afternoon. If you're listening to this at night, good night, good evening. Yeah, good evening. That sounds good. We've got two topics today I wanted to get to, uh, make sure to get to this week. Um, But before we do, I wanted to just quickly remind you, if you haven't uh, subscribed to my YouTube channel, check it out. I've been putting out a lot of content, a lot of spicy content too, at least in my opinion, it's spicy. Um, I think it's helpful. A lot of people have been reaching out to me to talk about how helpful it has been lately. I've been putting out daily videos. Uh, I don't know how much longer I can keep that up, but for now, I can and I'm going to keep doing it. So if you haven't already, go over to YouTube, type in AD Robles, and you will find my YouTube channel. It's just called AD. The channel is just called AD, but what you want to do is type in AD Robles. That's the best way to find it. Um, and check it out. I've got a lot of videos and you can even go back. I'm actually going to go and revisit some old videos that I put out uh, in the coming weeks that I made some predictions and the predictions were coming true. Now, it's not like I'm a prophet or special or anything like that. Uh, the predictions that I made were pretty obvious, <laughs> pretty obvious predictions. But anyway, yeah, check it out. I've got some good stuff there. And um, if you do find it helpful, please Don't forget to subscribe, share the videos, hit the little notifications button. There's a little bell that lets you know every time I upload a video, at least theoretically, because the YouTube algorithm is definitely not fair. (laughs) So do that stuff. And and, and again, if you find uh, my content helpful, uh, please consider joining the Fight, Laugh, Feast Club as a member to keep this content flowing. You could also support me on YouTube as well. Uh, But anyway, let me get to the topics today, because I've got two, and I think they're both fairly interesting. Um, Donald Trump, uh, President Donald Trump, I should say. I always forget to call people president that are presidents. I got in trouble for that one time. But anyway, President Donald J. Trump decided to remove some, or at least plan to remove some of the troops that we have over in Syria um, that had been fighting alongside um, Kurdish people and, and things like that. And this made everyone in the deep state upset. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen anything like it, like people on both sides, Republicans, Democrats, uh, people in the people uh, in the social justice movement, people that are usually the whipping boys of the social justice movement, like Pat Robertson and, and all these things. They've all come together to stand against the evil dictator Trump for the crime of pulling troops out of the Middle East, or at least saying he's going to pull troops out of the Middle East. That's all he had to do, and everyone is united against him. Now everyone wants him impeached because he's done the one unforgivable sin, and that is to pull troops out of the Middle East, or again, to just threaten to pull troops out of the Middle East. And I've seen, it's just amazing to me. It's just amazing to me the kinds of arguments people are making to keep them there. Now, the arguments I respect about keeping the troops there is that it helps U.S. interests. That's the only argument I respect because at the end of the day, Donald Trump is the president of the United States. And so if you think that somehow keeping military presence uh, troops in Syria helps the United States. Well, at least I can understand why you'd want to keep troops there. 
I don't agree. I don't think that keeping troops ev- in every place everywhere, in every country everywhere, helps our interests at all. I don't believe that. I don't believe that having a gigantic military that's everywhere and policing everywhere helps the United States' interests in the end. I don't believe that. But if you do believe that, I can understand why you'd be upset about Syria and all that kind of thing. So if you're pro-war state, if you're pro-warfare and you're pro you know, the United States empire being everywhere, well, fine. I get it. I totally get it. And some of the criticism comes from people like that. Let's just be honest. There are a lot of people that are pro-warfare state. Um, and they wouldn't say it that way, but they would say that, you know, we need to be, you know, an empire. We need to be dominating the whole entire world in every way. But the reality is that Trump doesn't believe that having troops in the Middle East just all the time, no matter what, and having endless wars is a good thing. And I agree with him. I absolutely agree with him. Um, that is not a good thing for the United States. It's a waste of money. And it's just destructive. I mean, it's just destructive in so many ways. It's destructive to the Middle East. It's also destructive to us because every dollar we spend on on the military is a dollar that's destroyed in the end. Um, we shouldn't be seeking to have uh, lots and lots of wars. We should be seeking to limit those as much as we possibly can. And I think that a very logical step is to get your troops out of places that have nothing to do with you. I mean, that's it's just that simple. Now, There's one argument that I find especially annoying when it comes to this Syria thing, or just really troops anywhere. This doesn't have to just be about Syria. It's about Syria right now, but it it could be about our troops being anywhere in the Middle East or or otherwise, right? Um, And this is an argument that has been sort of kind of put forward by Dr. Russell Moore, which I find it so amazing that Dr. Russell Moore is so pro-war. I mean, let's just be honest. Dr. Russell Moore is in lockstep with the mainstream sort of power structures. Ooh, that you see how I use that word? I use his own word against him. The power structures. I mean, I, I think that Dr. Russell Moore, I mean, if you, if you talk about deep state and uh, all the, the regime type stuff and all the stuff that they typically do, Dr. Russell Moore is in lockstep with all of it, including the warfare state. Dr. Russell Moore loves the warfare state. You got that? Did you hear that one? He loves the warfare state. Now, he would never say it that way, but you don't go by what people say all the time. You go by what they do. You go by what they do. If somebody says they love you and is smacking you around every day and abusing you, you don't go by what they say. You go by what they do, their activities, their, their, their real beliefs, not just what they say when they want to butter you up, right? Obviously so. Here's Dr. Russell Moore. Listen to how he argues for this. This is just so crazy. This is crazy. This is scripture twisting. This is crazy. And there's just no foundations here. I, let's, just, let's just get into it. Let's just get to it. This is Dr. Russell Moore's tweet uh, yesterday. He says, In the book of Acts, one of the early priorities of the resurrected Jesus was to hear the cries of a persecuted people in Syria. He still does. Many of our brothers and sisters in Christ among those targeted for slaughter right now are among those targeted for slaughter right now. He's talking about the Kurds, and he's very upset that Trump has decided to leave or threatened to leave the Middle East. Uh, and, and, and the idea here is that a lot of Christians and, and, and Christian Kurdish people are going to be killed by Erdogan and the Turkish you know, military and all that kind of thing. Okay, so this is his argument. He says, Jesus cares about the people in Syria. I mean, what can you say about something like this? Jesus cares about the people in Syria, the persecuted people in Syria. Who who is arguing otherwise? That's 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 the very first thing. Who is arguing otherwise? 
that Jesus doesn't care about the people in Syria. Yeah, he okay, the book of he's right about the book of Acts, fine. But even if we didn't have that, we would know that Jesus cares about persecuted people in Syria. What has that got to do with the warfare state? That's what I'd like to know, Dr. Russell Moore. You see, there's no he just is making he's making an argument without making an argument. He does this all the time. This is a non-argument. This is a non-sequitur. Because here's the reality. The decision to go to war is more than just, well, there's some people that need us, that that, that need help, right? The, the decision to go to war with a nation has to be more complex. It has to be more nuanced than, well, there's some people suffering. Because there are people suffering every day in every country, in every province, in every state at all times. And so this is an argument. If, if you take this kind of stupidity to its logical conclusion, then there is no war you could be against because in every country, at every time, in every place, there are people suffering because of government policies. There are people suffering because of government policies to lesser or greater degrees. And so you could not be against any war if you go with Dr. Russell Moore and what he's intending to argue here. Yes, Jesus cares about the people uh, in Syria. Has nothing to do with we need to go send some drone strikes over there. Has nothing to do with it. Look, if you want to if, if, if you want to protect the Kurds, why don't you go and take your AR-15 and fly over to Syria and go there and help them yourself? Because here's the reality. Just because you want to help the Kurds and everyone wants to help the Kurds does not give us the right to take money from our own citizens, send our, our neighbor's kids over there to go and die for the Kurds. I'm not saying you can't do it if you want to do it. If you want to help people, that's fine. Go ahead and muster your own forces. Muster your own militia. Send over your own mercenaries. Send some money over to the, to, to the mercenaries over there. But, here, but here's the reality. This is a complicated decision. It's a difficult decision because Donald Trump knows when he pulls people out of Syria, which is the right thing to do, when he pulls our military out of a conflict that we have nothing to do with, that's the right thing to do. For us, he knows that it's going to cost some people their lives. But you know what else causes people their lives? Sending drone strikes, sending military troops and, and tanks and stuff like that over, to, over there. It might be different lives, but it's lives all the same. These are people made in the image of God, right? It's not just the Kurds, right, Dr. Russell Moore? So you see, this is the reality. This is what this episode is about. There's two topics, but really there's one topic. We need to have principles, foundations. We have to have consistency to what we believe. And the reality is, if you believe what Russell Moore is putting forward here consistently, then you have to be for the warfare state at all times, in every instance. Whenever someone says, "Is I'm suffering, I need help, United States, well, we have to go ahead and send some drone strikes there. Because to be consistent with this, we can't just be in favor of the Kurds. We have to be in favor of all image bearers, right? But, that, but unfortunately, there's a problem there. Because when we go to war for the Kurds, we're actually killing other people other image bearers. And so the reality is this is the, look look we have to have consistency here, okay? So when we go and help the Kurds, there's other people that are dying, okay? And then that's 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 they, they might deserve it, they might be evil, all that kind of stuff. But the reality is though that we need to make decisions on on what wars we go into based on, you know, <laughs> what, what essentially what the Bible allows us to do. And it doesn't allow us to just go in anywhere and police the entire world with other people's kids, not even yourself. 
look, you can help whoever you want, but 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 don't bring me into this. You, you know what I mean? I, I don't know. It's just there's no consistency here. There's no foundations. There's no principles. Let's move on to the next topic because it's related. It's absolutely related. We had Miss uh, Mrs. Den Hollander, Rachel Den Hollander, gotten everyone talking about this this week about David King David raping Bathsheba. I've seen so many conversations about how we know that David raped Bathsheba, even though the text doesn't say it. So the text says that he sees her on the, you know, on the roof and he, he he inquires about her. They tell him who she is and they take her and bring him to David and then they have sex. And that's what the text says. And she gets pregnant and all that stuff. That's what the text says. And so people are, people are making the argument, well, she raped her or he raped her. Yeah, he raped her. That's it's it's it, it's it's clear in the text. And I'm like, how is it clear in the text? Well, who says no to the king? Who can say no to the king? The king comes to you and says, "I want to have sex with you." How could you say no? And so, okay. So so the reality is this. Again, we have to have principles here. We have to have foundations. And the thing is, we don't have to make these foundations and principles up. The Bible gives them to us. So if you watch my video from earlier this week on YouTube, I, I quote the, the, the necessary verse here. The necessary verse is in Deuteronomy 22. And I said, look, Deuteronomy 22 is about resisting. It's about, it's about, it's about doing, saying something, trying, I mean, even if you don't resist in the moment, immediately telling people, because look, it talks about a woman crying out. If, if, if you get, if you have sex, uh, if you get raped in the city, cry out, ask for help, things like that. And in the video I said, but, but it's not just crying out. I mean, it's about resisting, right? It's about that foundation, that principle of resisting. Cause I can think of many reasons why a woman might not cry out in the moment as it's happening. You know what I mean? Because people can be threatening. People can you know, uh, can cover your mouth or whatever it is. So it's not just about that. I mean, in our modern context, we have other ways to find out if a woman resisted or not. But it's about that resisting. And there's nothing in the text. David was under God's law. So there's nothing in the text that says Bathsheba resisted in any way whatsoever. There's nothing. Okay, and so if you're going to say that David raped, you have to read things into that text. You have to assume things that weren't the case. Oh, who says no to the king? I mean, David was obviously a murderous psychopath. And so uh, even though he, you know, kind of sneakily murdered Uriah, he was threatening directly Bathsheba. No question about it. He's a crazy, murderous psychopath. That's what we're expected to believe about the situation with David and Bathsheba, right? And the thing is, if you apply that standard consistently, and this is the this is the problem with Rachel Den Hollander because because she does some good work in some areas, but the thing is, this standard of David raping Bathsheba is a standard that obviously she thinks is legitimate and she wants to apply today. Okay, and so so there is no evidence that Bathsheba uh, resisted, but she still wants to call that rape. If you apply that consistently today. If there's a quote-unquote credible accusation in the church today, what do you think Den Hollander is going to hope that happens to that pastor? What do you think is going to hope Den Hollander is going to hope happens to that pastor? You see, here's the reality: we have to have principles. And so if you're willing to go along with the social justice warriors and get a little feather in your cap with the social justice warriors and, 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 and you know, virtue signal, oh, David raped Bathsheba, well, you better be ready for when that person comes to your son or your daughter or, for, or to yourself and says, oh, so-and-so raped me and there's no evidence of it, but you better be willing to swallow that because you know what? You accepted it with David with no evidence. 
You accepted it with David with, for no, with no evidence. So why not with you or your son or 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 anybody? You see, here's the thing: if 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 if, if it, we have to have some consistency here. So if David raped so and so, and you're in a position of power, and they just and someone just decides, well, I'm gonna you know, because here's the thing: we we, we people are like, oh, that never happens. People never get accused of rape. Uh, no, of course it does. Of course it does. I mean, women do evil things sometimes. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. And this is why we have to have principles and standards. Look, the Bible gives us a standard. It's not just Deuteronomy. You don't want to accept Deuteronomy? Well, I think you're in sin if you don't accept Deuteronomy. But here, here's the reality. First Timothy. First Timothy gives us a standard. First Timothy chapter 5, verse 19. Do not admit a charge against an elder except on the evidence of two or three witnesses. This is a very plain statement. There are some things in the Bible that are difficult to understand, and there are some things that are easy to understand. And this is one of those things that is very easy to understand. Do not, okay, do not receive an accusation against an elder except on the basis of two or three witnesses. Do you, and and, and I really want you to, to, to kind of internalize this, right? Does Rachel Den Hollander believe this text? I know she would say she does, but does she actually? That's a question that you all should consider. Because she clearly doesn't believe this in the instance of David, because she's willing to call David a rapist on the evidence of nothing. No witness has come forward to say that David raped Bathsheba. The text doesn't say it. There is not a single witness. And so, uh, Paul is telling us here, and this comes straight from the Old Testament, the law that David was under, right? So this is not new. Do not receive an accusation against an elder except on the basis of two or three witnesses. Is there a caveat there that says, unless it's a whammon and it's a credible whammon? Unless there's a power differential, then you can accept an accusation against an elder on the evidence of no witnesses or one witness. You see, here's the reality. I want to protect women. I absolutely want to protect women. But I also know that God doesn't play partial games. And so whether it's a woman accuser or a male accuser or a woman accused or a male accused, we have a standard. And we have to be consistent with it. It's about principles. It's about principles. Could somebody get away with something if we can't prove that they did it? Yeah, that's right. They could get away with it. And guess what? They get away with it for a time, but God will reveal it. And I'm not saying that this has to be a standard of, of like you have to have three people that have witnessed the rape. No. You see, now we have, we've been given the blessings of God. We can figure out things. We have forensics now, right? And so we can figure things out. I said this in my YouTube channel. It's like, look, we don't have to rely on a woman screaming in the city anymore. Now we can see different things, different things in, 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 the, in, the, in, the, in the body parts. And, you know, a lot of times people will say, She's got, uh, she's got DNA under her fingernails, which means she was trying to scratch and, 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 and resist and stuff like that. There's other things we can do to, to determine if someone resisted or not, or was raped or not, things like that. We've got, you know, you ever see it on TV, the rape kit and stuff like that. Like, like these are blessings from God that we have these things. So now we don't have to rely on did she scream or did she not scream? Because that's not as reliable as some other things that we could say. But in David's time, they didn't have all that stuff. And so they had to go with, with, with what they had. And God gave them a standard. And God gave us a standard. And so, 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 so Mrs. Den Hollander wants to apply the David standard of no evidence, just a power differential and some assumptions. 
She wants to apply that today. That is dangerous, my friends. That is dangerous because one day it could be you that gets that accusation, that bogus accusation with no evidence. I mean, we have to have a consistent standard. We have, if, we want, if you care about justice, we have to care about real justice. And the good news is that God didn't leave us just flailing. I don't know what justice is. No witnesses. What do we do? No, God gives us a standard for what justice is. And so we need to be consistent. We need to have principles when it comes to this. And it's just like Russell Moore with his, with his stupid defense of the warfare state. It's the same thing with Rachel Den Hollander. Like, we, we, we want to join you with your work protecting victims and ending this, this scourge of, of a sexual assault and things like that. We want to do it, but we want to do it in a just way. We want to do it according to God's standards. That's what we want. I would love to be able to fully support Rachel Den Hollander and everything she does, but I cannot because she clearly does not care about God's standard of justice. God's standard of justice, which is to say that she just has her own standard. She has a different standard because the reality is the scripture is clear. We do not entertain an accusation against an elder unless it's on the evidence of two or more witnesses. That applies to David. And if you won't apply it to King David in the scripture, and instead you'll make up a story about how he raped Bathsheba, well then how can I trust you to apply it to anyone? In fact, I know you don't apply it to people today. And this is a really dangerous thing. And anyone who supports her in this ridiculous made-up story about David raping Bathsheba, unfortunately, stands against God in his idea of what justice is. And guess whose idea of justice wins out? Yours? Modern cultures? Rachel Den Hollanders? Russell Moore's? Or God? Anyway, I hope this was helpful. God bless. Don't forget to tune in next week on Thursday for AD on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network.